When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, the A's didn't win a game, but we had a, another guest appearance from the um, from the Coliseum Possum. He made a 2022 appearance already. Um, it's two seasons in a row that um, Possums have uh, been kicking it in the broadcast booth, so that's fun times. And what do you know? Chris Mad Dog Russo goes on first take and ridicules the A's for having a shit stadium, but he doesn't ridicule the A's for having a shit stadium because the shit owner doesn't put any shit money into the shit team. Shit, 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 shit. I I I just the nerve of of him. I mean, that's just like Mad Dog. That's yeah, exactly, that's exactly. Mad Dogs because he goes off and he just he just yells and he just uh, you know he does his whole thing. But for Stephen A to just be like, yeah, Mad Dog, I agree. The city's not doing anything. The 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 town or the the, uh, the government's failing them. Blah 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 blah. Like for these guys to come in here and JJ Reck and Molly Corm to come in there. And talk all this shit with not knowing a goddamn thing. I mean, it's just look. That show's not journalism, but like, my god, I just, I don't know. Like, I that was very un. And Stephen A. Smith, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt a little bit. He's not the he's not a baseball guy. I think he's actually knows this stuff when it comes to no. basketball. He just kind of he yeah. kind of just like and he knows what it. he's talking about for the most yeah. part in in with football. But it's like oh they lost the Raiders yeah because Mark Davis couldn't afford a stadium in Oakland. Mark Davis is one of the poorest owners in the NFL, and that's been a thing because there's no revenue that comes yeah. outside of that. The Warriors leaving. That's well, on that note, really yeah. quick. On that note, really quick. All the poorest owners in the NFL are owners who made their money from from football, football team. team. Okay, got it. Um, like, like literally like every single one. So like, like the, the Brown family who own the Bengals, like Paul Brown was just like this amazing coach who owned the team. They've made all their wealth from that. So it's like, exactly. And then the Warriors don't realize that that was kind of the plan from the jump. Like once Joe Lacob bought this team, I think it was pretty, they were already pretty early in the process of moving across the Bay area. And you know what? I think. Mm. I think it now has happened to the point. I obviously I, we can't really speak much of on it because we are no longer Bay Area residents and we haven't been for a long time. But sure, I but... I think the Warriors leaving Oakland hasn't hurt as bad as people said it has. But 
I've I've said this before and I'll say it again. My take on the Warriors leaving Oakland is that team belongs to the entire Bay Area. It doesn't have a home. So f- for for me when Oakland fans um get entitled to that team and say like, "Oh, they shouldn't have left. Like this is a disrespectful to the, to the Warriors and their the franchise history and all that stuff and slap and face the Oakland residents. You don't own a claim to that team. That team belongs to everybody in the Bay area. So wherever they put up shop to me is like totally fine. Like I, I, I think that, I mean, the other side of the Bay has just as much of a right to call that team theirs than, than we do. It, it, it like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Start at the Cal but, Palace. Like, but they're, but the, yeah, they exactly. They started in, they started in San Francisco in 1975. Um, NBA Finals. They played two of their home games in uh, in Oakland and two of them uh, in San Francisco to pay tribute to it. So it's just like, I don't know that 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 always rubbed me the wrong the wrong way. I, but I I get why Oakland fans did that because or have that opinion because they had just lost their football team. The A's have been threatening to leave for years, so it's just like a massive chip on their shoulders. So when they eventually did move to San Francisco, it was like, it was like man, everybody's leaving us. The only thing I leaves a bad taste man. in my mouth with it is knowing that like. The Warriors owe a ton of money to the city. Uh, when I think was it like the city of Oakland played for the championships parade, and the Warriors said they'd pay it back, and they had it. And two, at least at least them. have like a preseason game in Oakland. Like at least go back and play. I think there's enough time has passed where you can be like, hey, we're gonna go play a game at the Oakland Al- Arena. But even though I've heard the arena's kind of crappy now too, but that's a different topic. It's a different story. That's a whole different topic. But welcome to the Town Tailgate Podcast. Way to open that one. Uh, I'm Chris Madrigal. That's Julio Reynoso. Um, we are a part of – we're brought to you by and part of the Fan First Podcast or Sports Network. Um, we are – oh, my God. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Town Tailgate. Um, send us an email, um, uh, towntailgatepodcast at gmail.com. Um, I'll, I'll email you back maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Um, um – and we have some baseball news, so let's jump into that. Big three. We're going to start with Tim Hudson here. Um, rumors have been swirling. We have our second Julio. We have our second outfielder potentially moving to the infield. Two weeks in a row. Love it. Um, maybe this is a trend in Major League Baseball, but Mookie Betts, there's rumors he might move to shortstop. A lot of levels to this one, um, Julio. Um, mainly because they're just having issues at that position and they just can't figure out who's playing shortstop. Yeah, so uh, as of right now, Mookie is on paternity leave, so congrats to him, man. Way to go. But second, uh, the position that we all were kind of curious going into the start of the regular season what the Dodgers are going to do, uh, they thought they had some answers after, you know, okay, cool, Gavin Lux is going to be every day shortstop, tears his knee and spring training done for the season. They go ahead and move Chris Taylor as more or less the starting shortstop, splitting time between him, Miguel Rojas, and Miguel Vargas. And they have not really been the kind of players they expect them to be. All these guys are hitting below 200 on the season. Uh, Chris Taylor actually has four home runs. Uh, Chris Taylor has five hits, and four of those hits are home runs. So that just shows you what's going on. Uh, I think they've also shown enough stability in the outfield where uh, – James Altman has looked awesome out there. Pretty much the Dodgers just breed lefty center fielders, I guess, because here's a new guy replacing Cody. Trace has looked good out there. Jason Hayward's been pretty solid. They've had outfielders in their farm system for a while, though, which is why they let 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, AJ Pollock, who was trash. yeah, anyway, but, but then um, it also just gives them the flexibility where it's like they can put Mookie in at the infield. So my only concern with this whole thing is having this drastic of a position change at this age because Mookie's what thirty one. I want to say, let's see, he's thirty. He's turning 31 in the fall. He's getting up there. Yeah. He's still young, though. He's still in his prime years, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Even though his stats have looked like they've gone down, but, like, he's still physically in the in his peak. Yeah, he's still had a bit of so – his power hasn't come around yet. His average is 266, but his on-base is still 390. So, like – That also could be – but here's the power thing. So, just real quick. Um, I think a lot of people haven't, like, kind of put two and two together with that. Um. Fenway Park is a much easier ballpark to hit out of than Dodger Stadium. Like, much easier. There's, like, no wind in Dodger Stadium. It's, like, middle-of-the-road uh, ballparks in terms of, like, hittable and pitch- pitchable. I hate to t- – <clears throat> So I'm, that could affect I don't him. want to pull this card on you, but he had a career home run- career high in home runs last year. <laughs> but it's not just home runs, though. It's, like, all assets – all, like, aspects of, of hitting. Is Yeah, his second career high in – and doubles or this is the fourth most doubles he had was fifth most was last year but like yeah i know i know what you're trying to say i know what you're trying to say that this power the power has gone down a little bit but this isn't like this isn't like 2018 it's not like all about home runs but yeah I yeah um i think the biggest part is like he has had an injury history of the last couple of seasons whether it's not long-term stuff that will knock him out for the season but just these ticky tacky injuries and shortstop correct me if i'm wrong here seems to me outside of catching the most um uh strenuous on your body you're constantly moving around all over the place and i think the older you get the cow Ripken jr played till he was 40 years old hate to pull this card on you he moved to third cow Ripken jr he moved to third didn't he he moved to third in like the late 90s because the whole thing and when he was uh sh- during the all-star game in 2001 when it was his last game where G- a-rod was at short and cal ripkin was nominated for playing third and then he during that game as a sign of like this is your last one a-rod move him to short i'll take your word for it because i don't remember yeah that. or that was like a very monumental moment but um yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I, I think I like the Bryce Harper one a lot more to first. Yeah. But we'll see about this one just because of how ticky-tacky short, like injuries are with Mookie and then just short is very strenuous. I also see this if this does happen. This is really a one-year thing because once Lux, Lux comes back, he'll be back to playing every day. Yeah, so it's it would be mid season. It's not going to be like in the off season, and they'll switch it over to the future. Or like this isn't like this is the opposite of Bryce. Is that what they're saying? It's it's um, uh, I didn't dive too deep into it. It's not just uh, it's not just like a future thing. It's like a now thing to try and solve the immediate. We didn't really problem. get a lot of what this was going to be. Just Dave Roberts came out and said like he's been taking reps at short. This is because damn. He must be desperate. Yeah, which it's. I don't think it should be. I get that. Like, I feel like Chris Taylor always struggles, though. I wouldn't say he's like the most consistent player, but when he's good, he's like on it. And then when he's when he's slumping, he's slumping bad. Like, 
I don't think it was last season. I have to pull it up. I think it was two two seasons ago, 2021, where he like had a terrible season and he bounced back the year after. It's just like he's so <laughs> ebb and flow. And I, I mean, the whole Gavin Lux thing really fucked him because that was supposed to be their backup play. I mean, they they tried to get a shortstop in Correa in the offseason um, and then all the shit that with Correa like happened. So their backup plan is Gavin Lux, who has a history of playing shortstop. Great. And then their backup backup plan is Chris Taylor, who's always got the job done. He's always been like a solid like fill in utility like shortstop when you need him, but like you know that's not his everyday position. He's more of an outfielder. Yeah. I don't know. It's this is a weird situation. It's a it's a weird situation. I think I'm just wondering. I Mookie is the is the solution. I, does, does he have a history in the infield, like in the minors or in college? Yeah, he played. He's or, played a lot of second that, throughout but. his career. Um, second is so yeah. Exactly. Though. I mean, he's got the arm, obviously, because he plays right field. But like, I don't know. Grounding. I was just giving you shit earlier. Yes, shortstop playing shortstop is strenuous because of what it does to your knees. Um, but like, uh, it, it's just uh, that that's such a dramatic. Such a, I don't know. It's such a difference. Like outfield at first base makes some sense. Outfield at third base maybe makes a little bit more sense too. But shortstop is just like you're getting so much work over there. Um. He's only played 30, I swear, I felt like a lot more, but he's only played 35 career games at second. Um, majority of the time, he's been in right. So, yeah. we'll, we'll see, man. It seems desperate. It, I thought they would have... We'll see what happens with the All-Star game because I, I wouldn't be shocked if they try to go pick up a shortstop in the market. Maybe if... I thought Tim Anderson would be like a perfect fit on that team just for like a rental. I was just about to say, let's play this game of who who do we think is the market? Like, where what's the market for that? I think it's the yeah, dude, go get Tim Anderson. Like, I, yeah, if they're Tim if there are still like that one two, since... and like the White Talks are going down, and he's gonna be free dude. agent, it makes so much sense. Just do it. Yeah, and the Dodgers would re-sign him. And like, let's be honest, you look at the Dodgers roster right now compared to last year or the year before that, and it, it like it really is is like lacking star power. At least in comparison, oh, yeah. it's not lacking star power in general, but in comparison to like last year, year before that, where you know there's Mookie, there's Max Muncy, but like there's name like Cody Bellinger's not there. That name doesn't pop off. Justin Freddy. Turner's gone. I mean, yeah, for, well, you will, yeah, they have Freddie. That's true. I mean, yeah, and they have Will Smith and all these other guys. They have, yes, they have that, but compared to last year, the year before that, it just doesn't. Like last year, every position was like an all star mm-hmm. player. And then their rotation with like one through three was like all aces. If you put them on 29 other teams, they're leading the staff. It's just like, it's just not, it's just not the same as it was. Like they, and they have the money. They've been spending it like that for years. Like it's not, that's not an issue. I, I, I mean, yeah. Tim Anderson, that's a good one. What would be like a backup plan if they don't? If Elvis Andrews. No, God, no. I mean, could Aledmi's Diaz, like, could they make a trade for them? I mean, that that's an option, like, if you're that desperate. You know what? Although he's not been hitting well. I think that's something I'd like to fucking put it on a plate and we're, it's not ready to go out of the kitchen yet because that's something I actually wanted to talk about later. It's interesting, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah I actually line. have okay. a. a as we'll we'll talk more about that person more specifically later, but I like I like yeah, where you you but, got my gears going now. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, but for the listeners, like this is a a shortstop issue at it, for the Dodgers. It's not a Mookie thing. It's not like we're gonna move it over. Like they're not doing this for Mookie. They're doing this because they are desperate at shortstop yeah. right now. Which I to think of. All right. Next piece, the Mark Mulder. Um, 
They are the Major League Baseball is testing some new rules in the Atlantic League this season. Um, uh, to potentially use in the major league uh, or in the big leagues, um, one of them is the designated runner, uh, designated base runner. So basically, it's uh, it's similar to designated hitter, but you can only use it once in a game. It's where, let's say, like the team is in, they're down by a run in like the eighth inning, and they need uh, some speed on there. Let's say, uh, let's say. Jesus Aguilar gets a single and he's on first. You don't want a Jesus Aguilar being your scoring run because he doesn't have the speed. So you bring in someone like, I don't know, someone who's fast off the off the bench. But um, they don't have to swap in the field. It's not like a pinch runner. It's not like a substitute. You don't have to substitute um, that batter spot. So, um, so Aguilar can hit when he comes back around the order and he can go back on the field. So it's like a one-time thing. Um the other one is the hook DH. This one is fascinating, Julio. I think you're we're gonna have fun with this one. Uh, the hook DH is a starting pitcher has to go at least five innings. If he does not, then a pitcher has to, um, as soon as the pitcher gets pulled out of the game. So let's say he gets pulled out in the third inning, a pitcher has to hit in the DH spot for the rest of the game. So there's no more DH. Um, Julio, your thoughts on these tra- on these uh, rule ideas? Dumb. Not to give you the Riley answer. Yeah. Stupid. But, um, <laughs> For listeners, that's our friend Riley, who's, he's just a character. Let's just say that. Yeah, yeah. I just, can we just chill for a minute? Like, that's all I'm asking for. And, like, look, I, let's, let's, yeah. this, let's table this. But the fact that we're less than a month into the season, I think everybody's really enjoyed what we've had so far. Um, mm-hmm. even more so the kind of spats that have come out of it, like Max Scherzer getting tossed today because of the whole resin thing. And then Kotze getting tossed from the game today because Diaz was taking too much time outside of the box and it led to him getting called out. It's, it's causing entertainment one way or another, and it is making the pace faster, but it's kind of too much of a, at one, too much of a good thing. Like imagine when yeah, it, this feels very much like a startup company to me. Whereas, like, every couple months, you're just, all right, we're going to do this system now. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And, like, let it breathe. Let it simmer. And let's go check this out in another year or two. So it is kind of weird that, like, as soon as we kind of really get a grasp with things, we're getting these stories that are getting pushed out about, like, more changes coming. But it's like, no, just let this sit for a minute. I think my problem with these rules is like they don't solve any issues. Like the second one, I'll I'll I can dive much deeper into. I bet there's some Giants fans out there that are probably listening. Um, probably not, but might have an opinion on that. Um, and I have an opinion on you being a Giants fan. Uh, but the the uh, the designated runner, it just feels like you're solving a problem that isn't a problem. It's like you're kind of giving you're kind of giving managers like an uh you're making their job easier like isn't the point of a baseball manager like you know it, it's so much different than any other like head coach in, in any other sport because it's so analytical it's not as like you know you know leading men it's more like strategy so like you're you're just doing them a favor and you're giving them something to giving them an, an out like an out and and, and it's it, again it's solving a problem it's not a problem no one has an issue with pinch runners or how they use their roster spots it's just kind of stupid the second one 
we know what the second one is. The second one is NL people who are complaining about how the DH is not real baseball. So you're trying to get the best of both worlds and you're trying to 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 make NL fans feel better about them losing the DH. I I I just like it's so stupid. I have so many Giants fans in my life who are who complain about the DH. It's not real baseball. Well, you don't even know what real baseball is because you watch 5 games a season. Um, if the team's good, maybe 50. So don't fucking talk to me about what real baseball is. Uh, there's our, our annual Giants uh, jab of the episode. Giants um, jab of the day! It, it's just like, I mean, the the, the Universal DH, has it's, it's brought in more jobs to more players in, in the league. It's extended careers. It's like, it's... It, it's, it's always been just kind of a joke in the past where it's just like, okay, the first two at-bats of the game... The pitcher's just going to bunt, and, like, maybe he gets on. Probably he doesn't. If not, it's just a waste of an out. Like, I just don't know what we're doing here. Like, we're, we're – it. I don't know. It, it's just – yeah, you can't you can't please anybody. You either got to – you just got to make the decision and just move on with the DH. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't like this idea at all. I just realized another thing when it comes to the double hook. This is – they should just call this the raise rule. You, It's just pretty much disallowing teams from doing – uh, a bullpen games anymore right because you have yeah. to go out these five and then what happens mm-hmm. in the instance is where your starter just gets blown to shits like within two innings the guy that guy's already given up six runs so do you pretty much yeah. have to keep that guy in there no matter how bad they're pitching or else you're going to lose the you're going to lose your dh well then then you're just asking for blowouts yeah that's i don't yeah. like this I don't like it. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think that they're looking at that idea as as like pitching changes slow down the game? Let's this will speed up the game because it seems so minuscule. Minuscule. Why don't if look if pitching change? I genuinely think it's just trying to appease fans who are pissed off about the universal DH. Yeah, I think it could it could piss off those fans, um, but like it's just just a weird rule. I I don't like it at all. And if you know, and if no. it's hey, pitching changes take too long, buy a cart. Go put, go do it. Who's <laughs> the stadium? Yeah. I love when they do that shit. I love when you just see this little that dog shit's hella funny. And you just see the pitchers love it too. They're all just geeking out. Yeah, let's take it. Ne- no, Chris, we're gonna take it next level. Howard Terminal. We're gonna get one of those little fucking things from Costco that they put where they look and they're like it shoots to the pipes. We're going to yeah, get those yeah. little pots, and that's how we're going to get relief pitchers to the mound. Where <laughs> they're just going to like... Dude, or you just, or you just do like... Or you just do like Oracle Park where you your bullpen isn't like out there. It's just like it's over the side and all the pitchers hang out in the dugout. Or, yeah, or no, no, we're going to get the tube. Why, why are we even spending time trying to we're solve gonna the problem? We're going to get a tube. We're going to get the tube, and dudes are going to fucking like pop we, out like we, that, like Michael Jackson. It's going to be great. We were... T- and that, it'll be underground underneath, yeah. underneath the field. <laughs> and then they're going to be like, first like... We're so bad. AJ Puck stuck. He's stuck underneath right field. <laughs> yeah, this is this stupid. Is, that just, just shows you how stupid this potential idea is that we went this far. I get why they're testing it. It's not like it, like you don't lose anything from testing it, but it's just stupid. Um, all right, let's move on. Um, Owners, um, so the CBA has not been completely finalized, and there's still a few things that are being negotiated. And one of the things that owners are trying to negotiate with the Player Association is owners want to put a limit on contracts. Um, right now, you 
there are no limits. Uh, like, I mean, Bryce Harper is an example. He signed a third or, or Mike Trout, they signed like 13, like half a billion dollar deals. Um, the NBA does this. Um, there are certain provisions to their contracts though. It depends on your service time. So like you, after your rookie contract, you can get an extension, like an additional five year extension. And then after that, additional extension then there's like certain like if you met certain requirements you can get like a max or you can get the super max or you can get like the steph curry insane insane max for like six years there's all these stipulations for it but in the nba you basically get um uh, contracts are about from four to six years um i i like this if there's a salary cap but there's no salary cap it just seems useless to me let those teams make those mistakes. Like, that's yeah. kind of the... It's I don't want to say it's the fun of it. But it's... If you're going to be handing out these fat-ass contracts, that should... One, you shouldn't stop any team from doing that because I think at the end of the day, as much as we complain about some of these teams making these deals, it is a healthy thing for the sport. Um, but... Just be responsible with it. Don't be handing out thirteen-year contracts if you're a team that's been in the but, tank the last. But they're few handing years. out thir- Julio. They're handing out thirteen-year contracts because the Giants are offering eight-year contracts, and then the Padres come in and they offer a thirteen-year contract. Like if you look at those deals, there's about a handful of teams that have made those contract offers, and the other teams don't. I'm convinced that the Giants owner is the one who's leading this because he's gotten fucked over three off seasons in a row by this situation. So it's like. I- I guarantee majority of the owners feel this way, but there are like five owners that are like, no, fuck that. Like we'll get where we can afford to give these big contracts. So why don't we do it? I, if there's no salary cap, this doesn't make any sense. It just really doesn't. Exactly. And I, I'm tired of hearing these kind of conversations happening where they're like, we want to implement this. Like, well then you need to put a cap either a floor or something because then yeah. this isn't going to work out in the end. Mm-hmm. If you do that, even Tony Clark, former uh, Padres first baseman, if I remember right. And he is the director of the Players Association. He already came out and said that anyone who believes that players would ever endorse an assault by management on guaranteeing contracts is badly mistaken. In other words, mm-hmm. fuck that shit. <laughs> that's yeah. not, and that's because it's, it's a, it's a player friendly thing. You already said it. I mm-hmm. just, it, it's, it really is just the Giants owner who's like, I'm tired of getting screwed over, but in reality is you didn't build a great team in the first place. And as much mm-hmm. as I love the city of San Francisco, it's kind of in a really weird phase where other people don't want to live there right now. And Second Giants bash like day. Go- I need to stop. I know. We're doing, no, we're doing a service to all A's fans. Um, and the second thing, so one, one stipulation that if you're not an NBA fan, just so you know, the reason why the NBA Players Association agreed to that in the CBA back in 2000, what was that, 14? 2000, no. 2012? Was that with the lockout what, what, when all those? Was it 2000? Maybe it was. Yeah, when like all those. It's because yeah. the owners got a massive increase in the percentage of the TV right money. So if the MLB players, if, if the owners are willing to give, like, well, one, if the owners are willing to fix all of their media rights um deals and actually like have these games more widely viewable and accessible um then i'm sure they could work out a deal with the players to get 
a percentage of those those revenue of that TV revenue. And if they do that, then players would be like, yeah, sure, I'm, I'm willing to have shorter contracts if I mean if it means that I'm getting a certain percentage of this money, this TV money that you guys are getting fucking rich off of the past couple of years. Like, that's the thing about baseball. Everybody talks about the the uh, like decrease in popularity, um, but the owners are getting rich because they sign these massive television deals with these regional networks that they're just raking money off of if the players get a little portion of that like i don't know things could be different i mean there's so many layers to this we could really do this all fucking day but um just so the just so the listeners know that's the reason why nba has those contract minimums it's because they get a big portion of the tv revenue at the end of the season it's just like like ogres ogres have layers ogres do yeah like onions yeah, like in Shrek. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was waiting for you to say the rest of the line because I didn't remember it. So otherwise, like that's why I couldn't. Remember uh, it. yeah. It's 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 it just sucks that it kind of felt like we were done having these kind of conversations about the stuff when the when the lockout ended last year. But then I think one of the instant reactions we both had after it was like, "Oh, this still kind of sucks." Like this, whatever got stuff we thought yeah. was going to happen still didn't happen, and now it's leading to further issues like this yeah yeah i mean we'll see what happens um i'm sure it's just opening the door trying to get like the public eye out there so that it can start the conversation um uh, but if i'm tony clark i'm yeah I'm t- his response was absolutely perfect and if they want to come back to the table i'd say okay well then let's you guys need to renegotiate your television rights deals and once you do that you can come back to us and we will negotiate a portion of that revenue and then we can have the contract conversation like that's just like they're trying to skip a bunch of steps and they i don't i don't know why i'm sure i'm sure the owners were the ones who leaked this i'm no i don't know why they would think that that would help them and the public would be on their side but as we know from much evidence um major league baseball ownership group they don't know what the fuck's going on On that note, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to do A's news, um, and then we'll be right back. Okay. Welcome back. Um, A's news. The A's have dropped. uh, They dropped three uh, to the Mets, 0-3 last weekend. Uh, They gave up 17 runs on the game on Friday, which is – pretty embarrassing uh but but um they actually bounced back pretty well on the pitching side the rest of the weekend they gave up three run or four run three runs on saturday and four runs on sunday might be the other way around um they just had no run support the pitchers it was pretty they they scored a big zero in the run department offense wise of both games um bright some bright spots for um that weekend series fujinami finally had a quality start we won't call it a good start but we'll call it a quality start um went six innings gave up four hits three runs two walks five strikeouts um but those um three runs came from two home runs um i don't know jason from locked on was um tweeting about it saturday about like oh finally a quality start from fuji and like quality for him this season but i wouldn't call that a quality start it's quality by the rule Technically, he yes. did. He goes six innings. He went deep. He went yeah. deep. Yeah, he went deep. 
so deep. Uh, and then the Chicago Cubs came to town, um, and they lost three in a row to them as well. Um, but um, some quality starts again. The pitching has turned around a little bit since our last pod last week, where we complained about it pretty much all podcast. Um, Ken Walterchuk, aka Dubchuk, went five innings, five hits. No runs, three walks, five Ks. And then Mason Miller making a, a nice little um, major league debut today. Um, the 24-year-old went four and a first, four hits, two runs, one walk, five Ks. But the bullpen just totally screwed him, and they gave up five runs once he left the game. Um, Julio, your thoughts? Cubs are pretty good. The Cubs are like a, are actually yes. might be good. a – Pretty good team in yeah. for like the rest of the season. Marcus Stroman, I didn't realize this, I didn't realize how pit well he was pitching. He he is now one of only five pitchers in baseball right now with like a sub one ERA. Or starters. Five starters with a sub one ERA. That it seems like top to bottom, everybody in that in that lineup hits. Dansby Swanson's mm-hmm. been awesome. Nico Horner looks like the shit. Like they've he, got names all over the roster. Cody Bellinger like, is hitting over three hundred. Like we thought he was. Left yeah, in Ian Hat. Even Ian Hat plays there. Like, really? Yeah, this is it's, a really. It's not. It's not cool the team. usual suspects too. It's like Ian Hat is the only familiar face. Kyle Hendricks is hurt though, so when he comes back, that's another familiar face. But it's like not the 2016. Like they have completely given up on the 2016 Cubs. Finally, they finally moved on. Um, that team's good. Yeah, I really like this Cubs team. Um, I Jan Gomes, yeah, former Oakland great. What's up? I hope you got a. I hope you had a nice ceremony in the Coliseum. But uh, yeah, this week sucked. This week was not yeah. fun at all. This, I, to be honest, I you know I was key, I didn't get a chance to actually sit and watch any of the games until today because of how chaotic this last week was with hanging out with you guys and doing stuff on yeah. Sunday and all this stuff. And I'm like, all right, let's see if they can give me a, a little bit of something. But they didn't. The offense mustered up three runs total in the series um i am now getting to the point where i think there should just be some guys that just say you know what here's your check see ya Mm -hmm. um like i to kind of go back for full circle from what i was talking about earlier now that jordan diaz was called up today when ramon got sent to the il and then now we talked about mason miller getting called up Dude, just I think we need there's some guys we need to start cutting our ties with. Like LMS DS is not it. Um, maybe they can go send him to the Dodgers or something and just call up Zach Galoff. Here's your job. Just let at this point, why are we wasting some of these guys' time in this lineup if they're not producing at in an everyday role? Mm-hmm. Why not just be like or maybe in June or July we'll start seeing some of these guys like an Aguilar's been fine, but like his he's has like one home run on this season. Jace Peterson, Diaz, both blind. Tyler Sostrom has five home runs in the minors. Like bring him up and let him play first. Why not? Why not? Just bring up Galoff. Tony Camp has not is hitting below two hundred. He yeah, that's has looked lost right now, and it's I hate to admit that. It's at this point where like the young guys are the ones who are hitting better. Shit shit shake Langoliers, your boy. He's hitting pretty well lately. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah, he has been. Um, I've been hitting... playing though, though, because Wilson Contreras has also been killing it. But anyway. yeah, but he's hitting like two sixty six or something, and it's just like, yeah, it's obvious this team's not going to compete. 
And at this point, like at one point, yeah. Do you... So why don't we give the young guys like some fucking playing time? You know what I mean? Like it's just it's just a waste. I I, I it, uh, they're not a fun product to watch on the field. To your point, the the pl- the young guys and the minors aren't getting like their chance to like play against like major league pitching and 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 like you know speed of the game and everything like that. It's just like I it's just and they're making roster moves that are just like they you scratch your head a little bit like. Like today, I'm gonna go through those after uh, in a second. But like, uh, actually, I mean, why don't I should I just go through them? Yeah, now? yeah, run through those now. So, in the past two days, the roster moves they made: Nick Allen was sent to AAA. They brought up Tyler Wade, who was part of that trade they made a couple weeks ago. Um, called up Mason Miller, who started today. Called up Jordan Diaz. Trevor May hit the f- 15 day um, um, injured list. Ramon uh, Loriano goes the 10 day injured list which is like just like an illness list or something like that so he probably has covid or something um uh alleged i mean i don't know i'm just speculating um and then uh danny jimenez goes the 60 day il which is brutal um and that probably explains his last outing where he just got rocked um so i mean yeah again like the just uh, nick allen going down doesn't really make sense to me i i mean he, he wasn't hitting that well but you weren't giving him that many opportunities to hit yet you're giving Aledmiz Diaz, like, all these opportunities to hit, and he's hitting, like, 140. I mean, I, it's uh, – I don't know, man. It, I, 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 I don't know who to blame either because it's it's the front office, but it's also Mark Cutsey's decision-making is just, like, all over the place. It's it's kind of like – it reminds me of, of, like, these mid-2010s teams where we brought in these, like, islands of cast-offs for one, Billy Butner, Butler is just – Ben Sheets. Uh, I'm trying to think of like other randos who are just like on the in the lineup at least. Where like the reason why the, some of these guys are productive. I mean, Coco Crisp was one of those guys. I will oh, say, course. and look what happened with that. And I think that I think the one thing this team really needs to understand, and I wonder how long it takes for them to figure this out. Mark Kotze is not Bob Melvin. He's not, I don't think he's a, as capable of a manager yet where he knows how to get the best out of these guys. And at least like, I don't, you know, I don't know what conversations are happening in the locker room or when they're on the field practicing and stuff. But like, it seems like the front office is treating this team as if Bob Melvin is the one who's still making the calls at the end of the day. But the reality is like, that's, you're talking about, you know, say what you want about his postseason success. You're talking about one of the better coaches in baseball history. So it's like you're it's a such a weird adjustment that I've seen like there's some guys who like if you put a Lesmus Diaz in the everyday lineup with as like their a shortstop after he lost Marcus Simeon, he probably would have been a better player because I think Bob Melvin just gets the most out of the guys who are there. Mm-hmm. But it's like just Kate's not that guy yet. Will he will he be? We don't know. Will he not be? We don't know. But it's just like it's an awkward position to put him in where it's like we want you to succeed as the coach. So here is the bare minimum of the veteran we can get for you because we're not willing to spend to get you somebody who can be consistent on a daily basis. I thought about this today after seeing two series where we get swept. At what point, when do the A's fire Mark Kotze and hire Steven Vogt as manager? Boom. Fire. Spit and fire over here. I mean, he's already coaching. In yes. Seattle, I'd imagine he's Open probably gonna for the Mariners. I'd imagine it probably won't be till next year if this conversations even happen. It's not happening this year, but but 
But that would just it, that would. Uh, are are we being unfair to Mark Kotze, or is this just the reality of who he is? Look, there are plenty of guys out there. They try the manager's hat, and it just doesn't work out. And it's like, okay, this is what I am. I'm a bench coach. I'm a third base coach. I mean, Bob Guerin. Bob Guerin is an amazing bench coach over the Dodgers. Does a great job. Tried his hat at the manager's position. Just couldn't do it. wasn't his, wasn't his gig. Uh, I mean. Ron Washington, I don't think, is a good example because he went to two World Series, but I think he just hasn't gotten a second shot. But, you know, lifelong third base coach, defensive coach. There's plenty of there's plenty of guys out there that I feel like that's kind of like their situation. Maybe that's Mark Kotze's situation. Maybe he's a bench coach. Maybe he's just not made, made to, to lead a, a, a clubhouse. It could it could be because, like, we you look at somebody like Scott Service out in Seattle. Dude's been there for... Eight years at this point now, eight, you know, seven, eight years now, and they're now just finding success. And there's obviously something that he does well. So whether it's something he gets out of the players or somehow he meshes with the front office and ownership where he's been managed to stay there after all these years, despite the fact that uh, the Mariners have most of the time has not been good out until last year. Um, It just shows, I think this is a really important lesson and like managerial decisions really do matter at the end of the day mm-hmm. and it I, it's going to be kind of interesting i think this is going to be a conversation we're going to be having pretty often throughout this whole season on this podcast is just like it, it doesn't seem like he's getting the most out of his guys and we know at least what the ceiling is for some of these guys which is why like a diaz a chase peterson a aguilar you know what they can do so to like not see them even get anywhere close to what they can. Like, Jesus, Jesus Aguilar is not going to hit 30-plus home runs again. Mm-hmm. But if you can get, like, on pace for 20, 25, this team will take it. So that's a good point that I want to touch on real quick, is that, like, listeners might be, A's fans might be, listen, <clears throat> might be listening to this and being like, these guys are being unfair. Mark the roster shit. Mark Kotze, there's only so much he could do about it. Look at the evidence of Bob Melvin's reign. Even when he got those guys in there, Bob Melvin always got the most out of those guys in those situations. And then that enabled the front office to flip them at the deadline for some assets, for some future assets. Um, and the same thing with the young guys. Bob Melvin always knew when to bring up the young guys, how to utilize them, how to get them in the right in, in like in the mode, and then lets them off the reins as soon as they like start playing well it doesn't feel like we're getting that with mark Kotze. i mean like the whole nick allen debacle is is just wild to me like you know he has a glove at shortstop the bat is the thing that's not coming around okay so figure out what that is maybe he's not looking at the scouting reports close enough maybe maybe the the hitting coach is 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 missing something on on some of, on some of the the analytics he's getting, I don't know, but but we know that he's a lights out glove at shortstop. So why don't you play him there, get him more at bats, and try and figure out what's going on with the swing? We don't have any other better options at shortstop right now. Kevin Smith is fine, I mean, but he hasn't really done much since he's come up. He's not hitting I mean, any better than Nick Allen would have been. Exactly. Right so now. it's like I I I mean what it just doesn't I don't know. It just some something doesn't just fit right. Here's a good example, Yonder Alonso. Yonder Alonso was an all-star. Oh, yes. He was an all-star on the yes. A's. Granted, yes. every team had have an all-star season, but the fact that as a position player, he was an all-star, mm-hmm. where 
throughout his career, you know, nobody ever clamored him to be an outstanding first baseman. He's been solid, but I think the archetype is like, okay, well, if you're on, Jesus Aguilar and him should be on par with one another, more or less. Um, and we're just not Well, Yonder Alonso it. was really good defensively. That's true. He was, like, yeah. one of the better. You know, it's... I uh, mean, like, the list goes on and on for these guys when Bob Melvin... I mean, like, fucking Rich, uh, Rich Hill. Rich Hill? I'm I mean, just trying to think the, more. I'm... I'm Chris sorry. Davis. I'm trying to think more. I mean, like, it goes, it goes on and on and on and on. I could name players on players that either... Like, he's turned around, like, found something in him, and he's utilized him a certain way and turned him around, or he's turned around and flipped him for assets at the deadline, which is, like, what we need to do. Aledmis Diaz is useless to us unless we can flip him at the deadline for assets. Same thing with Jesus Aguilar. Honestly, at this point, probably same thing with Tony Kemp. My hands are up, man. Yeah, it's at this point, we're going to get, like, they're they're 3-16. and I knew this was a tough. I knew this was going to be a very tough first month. We saw. We talked about this last week. We saw the yeah, schedule yeah. look like. Yeah, the schedule. Three and sixteen is embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Let's Ugh. end this segment with a bright spot. So, on the bright side, we have two stars that have kind of maybe stars that are arising. Um. We've been high on Esther Rui Rui's all season, and he's been delivering all season, but especially the past two weeks. So. Last 15 games, he's had five runs, 16 hits, six RBIs, five stolen bases, is hitting 327. In the last seven games, so in the last week, three runs, 10 hits, four RBIs, only five strikeouts, three stolen bases, and hitting 400. The guy's on fucking fire, dude. He's And also, he's doing it with his glove out there. He's making diving catches after diving catches, making unreal catches that because he just covers so much ground. He's got that arm out there. We haven't quite seen the arm yet, though. I'm, I can't wait to see what he can do with that arm. but Because he doesn't need to because he just covers so much ground. He just, he just makes the catch, dude. It's crazy. He's been exciting. He's starting to do small ball more. We saw today he got a steal yeah. second. Um, he was able to, and because of that, he was able to move to third because of, uh, I think there was a ground out to short that happened. Mm-hmm. He didn't score home, obviously, because they got the third out. Yeah. But you're starting to see why so many people were so high on him um, throughout the last, because he started off in the Padres organization. He was a part of the Josh Hader trade that got Josh Hader mm-hmm. to San Diego. He got sent to Milwaukee. And then when we already know the rest of the history, how the A's and No, Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, no, Milwaukee. He was never on Atlanta. It was a three-team t- three trade. So Murph oh, went to Atlanta. Gotcha. The A's got Muller from for right, Murph. Right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then Contreras in Milwaukee. And then Milwaukee sent Ruiz to us. Um, but, it, yeah. And he's the best part is he's been playing leadoff consistently, too. Which has yeah. been super he's, nice. He is the new star. He is the new poster boy of the A's. Like, that, uh, like he... And what I love about him, and uh, you know, I compared him to Christian Pache last year, but or last week, but it, it's kind of coming true. Like, he's everything that we thought Christian Pache would be. He's like, he's gonna be, he's delivered. You know, like pressure hasn't gotten to him. You know, all that stuff, and it's been fun. He's twenty four years old too. Um, yeah, he, he's been a very exciting. So young, dude. See, guys, there's some exciting stuff with this team. We're not completely doomers. Esther Ruiz look awesome so far. And also, this guy has, Chris. 
Yeah, Brent Roker, we, we talked about him last week, but we'll, he's continued his hot streak. Um, this week he had four runs, nine hits, ten RBIs, three walks. He's hitting three seventy five. He's still just fucking crushing it out there. So the A's have figured out the one, the one, two in the in the batting order. It's just the other the other seven spots that we just can't we just can't quite figure out. So yeah, you know, but that's yeah, Brent, fun. These two yeah. players are good. Brent Roker is he a long term thing? I think he might be, dude. So he, I was looking up his baseball He's been reference some good at the moment. In the past couple weeks too. For he he was a thirty eighth round pick by the Twins. Um, oh, actually no, in the first, he was a first round pick in the twenty seventeen uh, draft. Yeah, uh, he he spent some time with Minnesota. I, was then, say, I thought he was a high pick. At, uh, yeah. Um, so he's actually in his rookie <clears throat> year contract at the moment. He's not a free agent until 2028. Yeah. Uh, this could be a guy that will he be an everyday person? I think this is going to be the test of it. We, that's He's pretty much playing the Seth Brown role of like a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where like, let's see if we can get something out of him. He's young enough where he could still get some pop and stuff out of him. Um, but he's also on the older side of things. Another thing too that that'll benefit him in the future is we all know the outfield isn't the strongest depth right now in the farm system. Yeah, so we'll get plenty that, of time. Yeah, I, uh, there's a good chance that nobody's really going to be coming up and taking his job. I think mm. because of just how thin it is out there. Yeah, but it's super impressive. It, out of all the players, I think Ruiz. We were already kind of aware of who he was before he got here and what could yeah. be. But with Rooker, the he's kind of exceeded expectations so far. Yeah, Ruiz, we hoped that he would have this potential, but we didn't. Uh, we, I mean, we we saw that he could be this. We didn't know if he would. I think we have Pache like PTSD, um, and he's delivered. Roker, Roker's like a Roker's like a Josh Donaldson. He's like. You know, like he, maybe not Josh Downs, maybe a classic Bowmel guy here. Maybe Max Max Muncy. You know, I'm not saying that he's going to be Max Muncy, but it feels like that type of vibe going on right now, where it's like he's going to bounce around a little bit, work on some things, which he did, and like maybe now that he's getting this opportunity, he's going to take advantage of it. You know? Yeah, exactly. Or Trace and- Thompson? I don't know. No, we don't talk about Trace Thompson. That's a <sighs> Remember Sorry, Trace Thompson back. It, whenever he was with the A's, made that like insane catch in center field, and I was super pumped. And I texted you, I was like, "Could Trey Th- Trace Thompson be like the future center center fielder for the A's?" And you were like, "Uh, I don't know. He's coming off those injuries." And I was like, "Yeah, probably not." And then he leaves, and then he comes back to the Dodgers, and he just fucking yeah. And then he got DFA, or he got something by the A's. I remember that. That was uh yeah i think he got dfa'd but he also came to us because he got dfa'd from the dodgers too so he's got a weird i mean he's always had the, the talent but he's got a weird weird little track record it's i was at the game where he had a walk off uh, i was at a dodger game when he had a walk off home run oh nice so yeah i was like out of all the players i didn't expect that i love trace i'm glad that he's doing well um all right we're gonna take a break and we'll be back um we're gonna talk about the reverse boycott Okay, if you have not um, heard on Twitter, the um, uh, an Ace fan is putting together what he's calling a reverse boycott. On June 13th, 
the idea is the A's fans want to pack the Coliseum with fans to show um, the rest of the country that the fan base is strong and present and they want to keep this team in Oakland um, and that it is a ownership issue. Um, I mean, they just want to show the, they just want to show the rest of the country that the ace fans that in Oakland, we love our team and we don't want them to leave basically. Um, Hulu, you have more info on who the person who organizes is. So yeah, so uh, shout out to our good pal, Mr. Jason Burke, Mr. Sports Illustrated himself. He's not on the covers and the bikinis, but he's actually writing for them from time to time. He might which be. Which is just as cool. Who knows? That, uh, this, year's, yeah. this year's swimsuit edition hasn't come out yet. That's true. Jason, get on it, man. It's not too late. Yeah, bro. Uh, so uh, Jason wrote for Fan Nation on uh, Sports Illustrated Inside the A's where he actually interviewed the person who is leading the charge on this, uh, Mr. Stu Clary. He's a former season ticket holder, and he is pretty much the person who helped organize this whole entire thing. He loves disc uh, golf. I just looked at his Twitter. Yes, like disc, disc golf. golf. Good time. Good, Just a good shoulder. Dude, disc golf is fun. It's like, it's like hiking, but with a sport. Anyway, sorry, keep going. Hiking with the sport, got it. So he is helping organize the reverse sport cop where Chris were to give a summary, show the fans over there. This is going to be June 13th versus an also struggling uh, to fill people in the seats team with Tampa Bay Rays. This is a 6.40 p.m. game at the Oakland Coliseum. Uh, and pretty much the charges, hey, we'd love to get people to come. And since this initiation has started, it is getting a ton of buzz around baseball media where you have people from uh jared carabas over at i was he on barstool now what does he do it's getting it's getting some i you, go ahead just keep just keep going i'll 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 touch on that in a second yeah it's get look it's just getting buzz people around the baseball community we're not seeing anybody on espn or anything talk about that yet because they're not going to talk about it until the day of but it is kind of cool where we're seeing these baseball personalities across twitter um, are actually kind of coming out in in support of it. The only now that I know who it is, there's a face to it. I feel a little bit more support to it. But I think the problem I was being a little cautious about was like I don't know the full story behind this. I don't know who's running this whole thing. As far as we know, this could be Dave Cavill in a mask, just like fooling everybody. But it sounds like this is actually a genuine fan thing. And now that I'm reading more about it, I'm feeling it a bit more on board. The so some national some national media is covering it, but like there's a there's all the all the all, all the I don't know I don't know if Jared Krabs is at bar barstool. I know that he does that podcast with with um Dallas Braden. I don't think it's Barstool though. I don't think it's starting nine anymore. It's some different podcast with some different network. So like Jared Kravis is gonna do that in support of Dallas Braden. So like there's no shock there. The second um national media person i saw covering it was danny vietti who writes and and podcasts for cbs sports but he's from sacramento and from the bay or he's from the bay area and he or maybe it's sacramento anyway he's from northern california so like he's intertwined with the like giants and a's community so he always kind of tweets about stuff like that so like that's not a surprise either and then like barstool was the big surprise barstool picked it up so i don't i don't know i don't i don't know but that that's that's pretty much it. Um, the only national media the A's got this week that's like relevant is the possum thing, and it 
Chris Russo doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Um, so that's interesting. I don't know. So my initial thoughts to this was like, it's great. This is cool that this, or- this is being organized and we're showing it, but, um, and we're, we're, we're like standing loud and proud and we're, um, you know, showcasing it. But, <clears throat> uh, I mean, I'm curious the, the date that he chose. Why June 13th? Um, it's not a nationally televised game. The A's, in fact, do have a nationally televised game coming up um, in May. And if you really want to get the attention of the rest of the country, the best way to do that is to do it on a nationally televised game where more eyes are available to see it. Uh, let me see. It's in May. May May 13th, they're playing the Rangers on a Saturday in a day game at 1 o'clock. Like, that would be the game to do it. Um, they're also playing the Angels on a Monday night on FS1 on the 24th. That's probably too soon, though, unfortunately. But that would be another game to do it because based on the national TV coverage, coverage I would assume Shohei Otani's probably going to be pitching that game. Oh, no, I'm sorry. They're in Angel Stadium, so that, that would be stupid. Um, but anyway, like, you get my point. Like, a national TV game probably wouldn't have been the best time to do it. I don't know if Sports Center is going to, like, pick this up on the day of. Like, I don't know if it's going to make it past the central time zone. Like, the the idea of this. So, that's what, what worries me. Also, like, the idea of packing the Coliseum so you're putting money in the owner's pocket for a day and 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 making him money like that's a reverse boycott i don't know i think like a someone brought this up on twitter i want to say it was danny vitty i I could be wrong but they said like a a cooler idea would have been a a massive tailgate in the coliseum and no one goes to the nobody game. goes yeah so I was you gonna say fill that. up the coliseum with just tailgaters and, and people partying and listen, watching the game on t- on their like you know tailgate setup that's a great idea, but I don't know. Like, this is great. I'm full support of it, but like, I don't know. Some, there, I, there's some interesting details that, uh, I feel like could have been better thought out. Maybe not, not thought out. That's a bad word to use because I feel like Stu definitely thought this out, but like, you know, just different perspective could have been put on it to make it even more amplified. Who knows? This might maybe this will be on Apple TV, a Friday night game. We'll see. I, I, I don't know if it's how far oh, out they yeah. announced that schedule, but uh, it was covered by the New well, York then Times. It's, then it's gonna then it's gonna reach even less people because people don't have Apple <laughs> TV Plus. You're not wrong. Um, so it it was uh, an article was written by it by the New York Times. Uh, former Oakland great member of John Boy Media, Trevor Plouffe, actually did a big shout out about yeah. it during the Talking Baseball. Yeah, did, did you see uh, that video pod. too? Jake was just like, "Yeah," like you could tell, like he just wanted Je- Trevor Plouffe to just get this over with so they could continue the show. They're they've changed. Oh, we'll, that we'll keep that to ourselves. Um, but we'll see. This is. I'm hoping this is going to be something. That actually shows people that this because we all the, the the thing that's most frustrating is like we all know what the problem is yeah. and nobody is willing to at a big enough stature is willing to say it like as much yeah. as we appreciate 
Trevor Plouffe and all these guys saying about it until we can see a hot takey hot take on first take in the morning or something where for some reason this becomes a topic again and somebody actually says it, it's not going to make a difference. And that's the thing that really bugs me is they're going to put all this effort in, but it's like until, because Dallas even said it on, I forgot what podcast he was on. Oh, he was on with Jared. Uh, he was like, the kind of the crappy part about this is like, the media is going to pick and choose what they want to plug and what they are not going to plug. Not mm-hmm. to sound, you know, like that kind of person, yeah. but they're going to choose what they were going to talk about. So yeah. like if this, the media, the the ESPNs, the Fox Sports of the world are not willing to give it this coverage, then this might not go anywhere. But I think if we just show enough that who knows, crazier things have happened. But uh, I don't think I'm good. I don't think either of us are probably going to be in attendance. Just no, I have a wedding that weekend. Yeah, and I shout out Edwin. Coming, I'm going to the Bay Area. Hopefully, going to the Bay Area in a couple weeks afterwards. But uh, if there's anything that we can do, Stu, to help out. Uh, our DMs are open. Whatever you can yeah, do to help out the cost. And I don't mean to like, and I don't mean to stew if you're listening. Criticize your like idea. I do. I just you know, I just think that there are certain details that we just that maybe could have been. I mean, could have been better. The national TV game. I mean, that would have been huge. Um, but I get it. Summer game, Friday night. It's going to be warm. It's going to be nice. Maybe it'll be on Apple TV. That might be worse. I don't know. But, but you know, who, who knows? Who knows? Friday night. I'm thinking. That song I think is Shelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah, you go. Yeah. Yeah. Who sings that? It's, it's uh, Tim Robinson. It's on uh, I Think You Should Leave. And he's singing. <laughs> I but I thought that he isn't that a song. Oh, is that a cover? Ex- yeah, I could. I I don't know. Anyway, all right, let's preview the coming week. Do we? Uh, I don't want to. Um, it's just all right. Pain. Uh, so uh, we the we are heading out of town. Um, the A's are heading out of town. They play the Rangers um, Friday through Sunday, and then they head down here to Southern California to play the Angels in a four game series Monday through. Thursday are you going to one of those games probably not no. I just like yeah I can't either because uh, Jesse's wedding's next weekend and I just can't you can't just put these money. games on a weekend dude that's like the thing I'm pissed off about with this yeah. I, as I'm a huge fan of the schedule well, I, mean, I think the I think the and the next series is going to be and during the week so yeah. they only have two times coming to Angel Stadium oh, really? and it's both going to be weekday trips which is like I I just, mm-hmm. I, it's not a far drive. It's just logistically, it's a pain in the ass. So we'll see. Yeah. One, I mean, we know the fucking Orange County traffic. It's terrible. LA to Orange County is brutal on a weekday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could take the, you could take the Metrolink though. They, oh, they don't run it anymore. The Angels Express. Oh, that was my. the best when they had it. Oh my yeah, really? I love doing that. They don't? Yeah, they stopped. They discontinued it a couple years back. So you have to buy a Surfliner ticket, which is going to be like three times the price. Ugh, that's yeah. so fucking I know. Lame. That was... This is Southern California talk right now, but... Sorry. Uh, Sorry, listen. There used to be... Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with the region, there used to be... Metrolink is like the commuter train, kind of like Capital Corridor, in a way. Uh, yeah. Where, no, it is. It is it's yeah. Capital Corridor or, or, uh, or uh, Caltrans. Yeah, so they used to have a deal where you would only pay like five, ten bucks, and it would give you a full round trip from LA Union Station, which is the transportation hub in LA, to 
Angel Stadium for any weekday game. And it was the best because, like, you didn't have to rely on this crazy traffic during the week. But then they stopped it. So we can't go anymore. Bum skis. All right. Um, uh, Last, or uh, Julio, pick your player of the week. My player of this last week or just, um, I'm going to go with Mr. Uh, have, you ever, De- have you ever done this podcast before, Julio? What the fuck are you talking about? I know, but about? we're getting ourselves very familiar. We didn't do a player of the week. Oh, we did do a player last week. We did Kenny Dubs. Week. Let's go with Kenny Dubs. Oh, you He's... fucker. This is the second week that you picked the guy I was going to pick. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kenny Dubs is starting to show why he was the, one of the top uh, left-handed prospects in baseball the last couple of years. Uh, he's... He had a pretty decent start. Again, I'm not saying he is the second coming of Mark Mulder, but Christ. I am saying it's oh, nice to see uh, production happen. So this last start, yeah, I went five innings, five hits, three walks, five Ks. Uh, nice. Better than what he's doing from his first couple starts. I, I think the thing that we have to really take an appreciation with these starters right now, at least the young guys, is with they're, as long as you see them getting a little bit better with every start, mm-hmm. that's a great thing to have. So, Kenny Dubs, player of the week. But his, like, first two starts were really bad, and then they're, like, really good the next two. Like, that's not even a slow That's not even a slow rise. It's like a fucking 45-degree rise right there. Um, uh, I, I just I want to give him some more love. Spot start, Mason Miller. Spot start came in and uh, pitched really well. Look, your offense failed you a little bit. That's unfortunate. Um, you got in a little bit of trouble in the fourth. Happens, but spot start and you looked really good. We talked about you. We talked about you last week when we were talking about um, worried about the pitching. We said like we had guys coming that were right there ready to go. Mason Miller and and um. Um, fucking Tarnock, but he got hurt. So, good job, buddy. Um, I think it earns you a, a more permanent spot in this rotation. We'll see what happens. Um, and Melissa doesn't have to eat her shoe. What? Oh, the Melissa Lockhart tweeted in oh. his last start. If he is pitches another... If he has throws one more pitch in the minors, I will eat my shoe. And she was right. Yeah. Melissa, I would love to see that though. So, but I, for the betterment of the A's, let's not do that. All right, last week, Julio, you had Ken Fujinami or Ken F- Shitaro Fujinami. What the fuck, Ken? I was thinking Ken. Is that Ken? Wait, is that from? Um, oh my God, what was the? Well, I'm thinking Ken Wananobi, the actor. I was thinking of what like was the last one? And yeah, yeah, Ujima, that dude. Yeah, I was thinking of what was the one like uh, Japanese like physical comedy show that we would like watch during PE. I don't know if you did. Mm. And then it came, and they used to have like ridiculous dubs over it. Uh oh. Oh, um, no, isn't that just Ninja Warrior? It wasn't. It was like the '80s, '70s version of Ninja Warrior, and then oh. they brought it back in the 2000s with the same stuff. And they, I'll look it up. Anyways. Anyway, um, which we already gave his splits. He, you know, he did his thing. Um, and mine was, ooh, sorry, I didn't have it pulled up. Mine was uh, Shay Langoliers, um, who did better. I'm stalling while I pull up his stats. Julio, you're in front of your computer. You can help me out too. But if not, whatever, go fuck yourself. Um, it's loading right now. Okay, Shay Langoliers. He had five runs, seven hits, two. Dingers, 
Seven RBIs, one walks, seven strikeouts, hit 292, which is uh, much better um, compared to um, the season so far. But, yeah, much better. I mean, he's hitting home runs. That's that's what you want from him. So, like, that's good stuff all around. Um, so, yeah, good job by me. Good pick. Most extreme elimination challenge. And the I guy's name. Ever, I don't think I ever watched that in PE. But um, Kenny Blankenship. That was his name. Okay, cool. Um, thank you for giving me more useless information to what never I do. think about the rest of my life. All right, Julio, who's your tailgate tool of the week this week? Tony Kemp, pick it up, dude. Oh shit. I'm I'm aggressive. It, it is a little frustrating. Um, I think if anybody's going to help lead the charge of the veteran core, of just showing what these guys can do, I think it's going to be him. Um, obviously we can't deny how important he is to this team in terms of leadership and in terms of what he can do on, um, on, on, in the field, but to kind of just see his batting average, to kind of see where his, even his on-base percentage, where he's usually been a pretty, um, at least league average to above average on base guy, it's starting to feel a little discouraging. And I just hope we don't have to have these get to this point with him because he isn't that kind of person that we wouldn't want to see him go. Yeah. So Tony Kemp, please pick it up. Uh, for me, it's going to be Zach Jackson. Cause he's probably going to have to be the new closers. Now that Jimenez is hurt. I assume it's him. I doubt it's familiar. Familia has been terrible this season. It's either him or it's mole, but mole pitched today in a non-save the mole man. Well, we just go, well, no. How about let's just see somebody get into a closing situation. That should I, be the goal. It's probably going to be Jackson. Jackson's our second best pitcher in the bullpen. Or I'm agree? saying like that, and let's get our guys an opportunity to even close a game. But I I agree with you though. I think he would be. The I most think it's going to be Zach Jackson. So he's my logical he's option. my yeah player to watch just to see if he takes that job. I mean that's a good point. Yeah yeah we don't know someone else could be it. So this will help us keep an eye on the closer situation. But it's probably going to be. Meanwhile, Zach Jackson. AJ Puck just picked up his third save with the Marlins. Tight. Um, Great. Why do you have to end the podcast on a negative note? Um, uh, we get to see Marcus Simeon this weekend. We got gold pal Marcus. Yeah, on the opposite team. Yeah, yeah. Let's... And then the Warriors are down two games, and we have a softball game halfway through or during half of it. At least the weather's nice. Yeah, it's warmer. It's, it's been great there. weather. It's been it's warmer nice up there going too. out. It was warm on uh, um, Easter weekend. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's been nice. To, we got that going for us. We got that going for us. And LAFC is doing well. So that's what I got going for me. I don't sports watch wise. MLS soccer really. Um, all right. Um, thanks you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Um, stay tuned next week. We'll be back. Um, check out the Oaktown Boys on this feed. They had a podcast episode that dropped today, Wednesday, April nineteenth. Um, this will be dropping Thursday, the twentieth. Um, we are part of the Fan First podcast or Fan First Sports Network. Um, and follow us on Twitter at Town Tailgate. Um, send us an email, podcast at gmail.com. And that covers all that. Julio? Last. But Let's go, Oakland. There you go. Good job. Did I – you want to do it again since you, you kind of – Yeah, I thought talking. you were going to ask me if I had anything more. No, 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 no. Re- I was going to do that. Ready, go. Let's go, Oakland. That was even more depressing. But we'll end the podcast. Bye, guys. Well, this team is. Oh.